0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com. That's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Bishop and the Bear. The Bishop and the Bear.
1: And to the delight of everyone, they are here to share. Jokes and rants and guests and things. Who knows what to any fun they'll bring. Not affiliated with the Mad Bishop and Bear Pump at Paddington Station. The Bishop and the Bear. Bats often compare. Buckets of savoir hair, The Bishop and the Bear.
2: Salog til till og Now, that actually, I believe, if Google Translate is to be trusted, means hello and welcome to the Bishop and Bear, but in Icelandic. Now, there's a reason it doesn't. I've already fallen at the first hurdle. I blame Google Translate. That's what it says. I'm literally reading it word for word on Google Translate. Somebody laughing at the bar on our bar stool of bravado with the bear and I is. Uh, author uh, editor editor of Wisdom Kit Harris who has written an extraordinary book called uh, From Lords to the Fjords it's the saga of Icelandic cricket and we thought what a great opportunity to get Kit on or as we tend to know him but there is a reason for that uh, to talk about that and so that's what we're going to start off with we're going to cover plenty of other good stuff as well we're going to try and find out a little sneak preview of what to look out for in Wisdom which comes out in April uh, obviously we'll talk about India the upcoming game in Dharamsala uh, interesting comments about spin and uh, how they should get more, more games for Hartley and uh, Sh- uh, Shoaib and I think mean, that would be great But can it ever happen uh, what is up with Ollie Robinson's hair and indeed the rest of him and uh, and uh, an Australian New Zealand series where New Zealand are doing their usual New Zealand thing so there's plenty New Zealand <laughs> uh, but first of all Kit warm welcome to the Bishop of Bear. what can I get you to drink what, what would be a good Icelandic
1: drink um, oh, they're very boring when it comes to, to drink uh, they would have uh, gut which is a, gold, a sort which of gold, a golden lager no. Oh. From the Egil Brewery.
2: Oh, okay. Is
1: that That's any something. good? Well, I'm tea total for twenty five years, so i oh. a not. So,
2: right. on received
1: advice, you <laughs> you... <laughs> yes. Okay, that.
2: so we'll we'll
1: put that next to you. What would yes, you do a, that. a soft
2: drink of some kind that you can have along the way? We'll get you on there. diet coke. Is that good enough? Thank you. Most, most welcome. Right, so my first question was obviously going to be about you, the book, and how you came to this fantastic association with Iceland, as it did we have a little bit. But because you sniggered so unkindly at my brilliant translation, what did I you know, what? what
1: the fuck was wrong with it? Do, yeah, you, did, do, do yours again.
2: Okay. It was Sal og
1: til Biskups og Bjorns. Oh, right, yes, I see. Yes, you're, yes okay it's not yes you said it so badly the first time round <laughs> <laughs> so oh well thanks for so, that so that what you're trying to say is uh, is hello psych- and welcome
2: Sice, yeah psych willkommen psych
1: uh frau Biscups or björn uh frau biskops
2: or, is it Ogbjorn 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 oh, 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 oh. even though it's got a G in it Ogbjorn yep. Willkommen and that sounds German it does or Dutch
1: yeah obviously there's a link there it's well no it's not it, no it's um, Willkommen
2: okay. to any aspirant broadcasters out there who would like to do things properly rather than the way we do it um, don't rely yeah. on Google Translate <laughs> <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> but everyone relies on Google Translate <laughs> it's obviously uh, after <laughs> bollocks Oh, of but course, there it is. go. There that's, how go. I,
3: that's how I communicate with the French when I'm over in France.
2: <laughs> anyway, look, I have to tell you, um, I only got this book in my hands last night because I came to the book launch, the Night Watch book launch, which was uh, a great event in itself. I did get about three chapters in, and I ended up chatting with a lovely uh, lady called Beverly on the trade, which rather distracted me. Um, but she was really taken with it, so we had quite a long chat about Icelandic cricket and what we knew. And I did, I did say to her that we had actually covered an Iceland game against the MCC at Bushy Park, so I told her that little story. She was she was transfixed and fascinated by it, and couldn't wait for me to get off when I yeah, got to play I, it. I was going to say. Who's <laughs> this strange old man talking to but, me? But could, well, less of the old, thank you very much. I'll settle for strange. Um, Kit, so t- let's start, because it, yeah. it, it is a fascinating, fascinating read of what I've what I, what I, what I, what I got through. Let's start with you. And just tell us a little bit about this association that you, that you have so closely with, with A, Iceland and B, Icelandic cricket. How did that all come about?
1: Well, my name, Kato, is Icelandic because uh, my mother was completely obsessed with the Norse and Iceland, um, despite never in her life having been to Iceland. Uh, I took a different route uh, academically. I became a glaciologist. So I started visiting Iceland regularly, and uh, when uh, I was in a lull, employment-wise, in about uh, 2017, I decided that I would go to Iceland and start a travel company there. And while I was there, I thought, I must try and start the Iceland cricket team, which was a bit conceited uh, uh, as an instinct, because it turned out that it, it already existed. And had been created by a group of Icelandic students, now the men in their 40s, uh, for a joke about 20 years previously, and was now flourishing.
2: Wow! So
3: did you did you help country.
1: them uh, push on there? Yes. Um, when I sort of tentatively got involved, it had started to be run by expats and become a bit more serious than the the joke team that had been started by the Icelandic you know, the natives, the students. Um, but they were in a, they had got themselves into a bit of a rut, um, especially in terms of administration and management and finance. And I said, well, um, I've just started getting involved in cricket broadcasting because I just started commentating for the BBC, uh, now and then, uh, having commentated for guerrilla cricket for, for a while. You were my springboard into doing that, as we know. And, uh, well, I've made a couple of sort of punts, starting Iceland cricket on Twitter and that sort of thing, and it just uh, absolutely exploded. People were captivated by the idea of supporting the world's weakest cricket team, most obscure cricket team, and uh, it, it all took off about it 2018. A, it a social like. media
2: sensation. Um, yeah. yeah. As you mentioned, we, we, we got to cover... Uh, a game against the MCC and beautiful Bushy Park and did a, a live broadcast, live coverage, and they didn't get thumped. They did not get thumped, Iceland. They held their end up, uh, although they did they they did lose. Uh, now, a lot of the the the, the 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 story of the book because it it actually delves quite deep into this the, the history that is related in Iceland through the the, the, the sagas, mm. and that comes up with some extraordinary things. But but the first thing I sort of wanted to ask you about Kato was. Uh, Ragnar Christensen, who is very much a central character in the story. I found this great quote. They should make a statue of Ragnar and put it outside Parliament. Um, people should walk out of Parliament and be able to see a statue of Ragnar. And then, almost as an afterthought, is added, on a horse. Yeah. So, so, uh, but it was by a stebby uh, Admundson, who I have no idea, sadly, who he is. So tell us a little bit about Ragnar. Why is he so central to to, to uh, from lords to the fjords,
1: Ragnar is the, the the key figure in beginning cricket in Iceland. I mean, usually in small cricket-playing countries where it's just started, some hugely enthusiastic cricket mad expat comes along. He's uh, in a bar with other expats, and they you know you know how it goes. They they're usually English or Australian or Indian or Pakistani, and they they start chatting and they start the cricket team. Well, that's not what happened in Iceland. It's almost unique in world cricket. You've got this uh, guy living on an island off the south coast who has nothing to do all day except go to work in a local school and come home and watch Sky Sports News. And he's very keen on football. But every now and then they show a little tiny clip for 30 seconds of what he thought looked like men in suits standing about in a field. He didn't know any... There's no other information about this game, but he thought, this game looks very civilised and very, very very easy and relaxed. We should have an Iceland team doing whatever it is they're doing. And who's to say, if I can't get ten other people or however many people are in the team, he didn't know that either, Hmm. then we should be able to enter an Olympic team and I can play... I can play for Iceland in the Olympics. <laughs> I like his logic. There
2: is a one flaw in that argument, of course, at the time. But but he probably didn't know that, though, did he? We can
1: gloss over that. It, yeah, it, I mean, it's it surprising the number of years it took for him to work out that the Olympics thing wasn't going to happen. But, they, but he did create the he did create the Iceland national team. Fantastic. Well, what, look, what he didn't what he didn't yeah. expect. Was for there to be such interest. But he made, he got his little team together and they called themselves Iceland. But he made a colossal mistake of contacting the European arm of the ICC, which was then called the European Cricket Council, and getting Iceland Cricket put in the contacts of Iceland Cricket Association put on their website. So there was suddenly this stream of interest from overseas. Can we come and tour? Can we send a coach? even as the book recounts, Sky Sports saying, a cricket team in Iceland, well, can we come?
2: Well, they were going to turn up for the Icelandic Cup final, weren't they? The well, Sky Sports. And then the, 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 the Iceland guys panicked and went, hang on, we better actually stage one.
1: Ragnar felt that he didn't ever want to disappoint anyone. So yeah. if someone phoned up and said, uh, oh, you know, do you have a team? Yes, yes, we have We We have. We have two teams and they play each other regularly so forth Um, so he blagged and well he lied he lied and lied and lied so when sky sports said oh you know we you tell us a bit and he said he said well just off the top of his head he decided to say oh well on saturday we have the icelandic cricket cup final as it happens so when they said that that's wonderful news we're going to send a crew over to film it (laughs) he had four days uh, to find two teams to play cricket when he only had about six regular players at this, well, six once-a-year players at this point, he had four days to try and put two teams on the park, all appropriately dressed, for Sky Sports to come over and film it. I mean, talk about cool runnings. I mean, this is just you know, crazy stuff. <laughs> Who won? It didn't happen, oh, did God. it? <laughs> it did happen, yes. Oh, it, it did happen. Everything he claimed, he managed to fake for the cameras when they came over. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it snowballed and it snowballed. And in the end, you've got, you know, a new airline la- launching through a cricket match at midnight with Bruce Ma- Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. I was going to up.
2: ask about how Iron Maiden got involved. Was, but you've jumped into that. So tell us, where does how does Bruce Dickinson fly into the story at some point?
1: <laughs> a new airline, Iceland Express, one of the sort of, what do they call, no frills airline launched. And for some reason, their publicity person thought the best way to to promote an airline that uh, links Iceland with England would be to have a, a cricket match at midnight and, um, and uh, brought over this flight load of, of, of English celebrities, Henry Blofeld and Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden, who's an airline pilot, you know, flew the first Iceland Express flight. Then they came over and... Uh, played the Iceland national team, beat them, obviously, as everybody did. And uh, yeah, the whole thing just you know, became this totally unwieldy, out-of-hand experience for all these you know, Icelanders who were just trying to have a little bit of cricket in the park. That They fleetingly found themselves at the world's attention. I mean, the ICC said that um, the vast majority of all inquiries they got about Europe, ICC Europe were, were about an Iceland cricket team.
2: I'm not mm. surprised. I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic story. No, I mean there is whilst it's as far as I got with Beverly's distraction on on the train back to Claygate um, last night. It, it the what is it? it whilst it's incredibly amusing and, and, and very written with a sort of a nice, lovely light touch, there is a real thread of interesting history in there where you sort of trawl the the, the old Icelandic sagas and discovered I think a game called and I'm going to pronounce this wrong but it's Knetlika
1: oh that was very good
2: oh well good it's better than my welcome to the bishop of bear in Iceland (laughs) so that's at least something I suppose I mean a lot of people tend to zoom in on this chap John Derrick in 1598 who mentioned that he used to play cricket years ago right as but this was we're we're going back to the ninth century and you found such a game between Mirar and, and, and Borg uh, yeah. and and you make an extremely good argument that there were huge elements of this game Kinatlica, uh, which were similar to cricket the only difference is it had elements of death and vomiting thrown in which is probably <laughs> yeah, <Quite> <laughs> <laughs> which is you know which is more akin perhaps to a Chelsea League final in the 1970s than it is to, than it is than it is to cricket but but tell us about how this this association and the and the, and the and the, and the sagas because it's
1: absolutely fascinating well everyone's uh, got a little bit of an interest haven't they in, in you know where, where cricket came from and we know in terms of the British Isles yeah we know this guy John Derrick in a court a court case in Guildford in the 16th century it was you know, referred to that cricket had taken place in his youth or, you know, I forget which century it is now it's in the book and uh there are some suggestions that a similar sport was being played in Flanders. Mm. But we don't really have an ancestor for cricket. Well, the Vikings, the, the sagas are very, very detailed. And the Vikings did play this game, Knatleker, the ball game, as it translates. And very literal. That's, oh, that's how, that's, how the, that's how Norse is. Right. It's, it's a literal description of everything. So the bat, there was a bat and ball game. The bat is called the Knatria, Which means the the bull tree. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it was, if you you go through all the, there's 15 references in the sagas to Knatleker. And if you you go, go through every reference, gleaning what you can, you can make about sort of 20 observations about the game. And 18 of them are basically cricket. You have a bat, one, it's one on one, you have one person with a bat, one person with a the ball. The, the, the ball hurler throws the ball at the person with the bat who has to try and hit it. There's a boundary, and if the ball goes over the boundary, it's particularly uh, humiliating for the ball thrower. There's so many similarities to cricket. And I guess my, my honest point, once you take the humor aside, is if you're looking for a game that's the ancestor of cricket, it's the best candidate available to you. And I rather more whimsically propose in the book a mechanism for getting the game from Iceland to it's this supposed Flanders appearance um, in the 14th century. Um, and uh, I didn't realise, I sort of rattled the cages of one or two gatekeepers of sport history who say, oh, well, you know, this is, this is very unconvincing, you know, this is... Uh, are very unlikely. But when I say, oh, you know, well, how, to these experts, in what way is it unconvincing? These great academics of sport say things like, well, the Vikings aren't very crickety, are they? Which strike me as a particularly effective rebuttal. But, uh, you know, it's, I've laid out in the book a case for this is the ancestor of cricket. So if that doesn't win a prize, then uh, nothing will. Thank well, him.
2: you actually, in the book I found there, uh, you've got a list of, I think, 14 similarities with cricket and a few that potentially you, you're you very honest and say don't quite add up. Like the games played on a frozen lake, there's no scoring system and intimidation's a vital ingredient. Well actually there <laughs> is a bit, I don't necessarily agree that that's an argument against. If Intimidation? So, well, no, you know, intimid- uh, Intimidation is definitely part. West Indies
3: past bowling attack. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But but uh, the death and vomiting actually happened. I mean one bit that fascinated me was but you talked about the bat and the ball if you yeah. smacked the ball high back over the head of the person that threw it at you um, there was every chance that you might get your head cleaved in with an axe and that uh, that actually did happen i probably paraphrase that really really badly but there is somewhere yeah. in the story in the book i recall it and a head cleaving so tell us a bit about how that fitted into it
1: yeah there 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 are axes there are cleaving but it, the i mean those that is not part of the game i mean the the references to the game are always to advance the the story of the saga. So it's never a description of the game in itself. So I guess what you're reading about in the sagas are, in particular, the games that that go wrong. Or the games that there's a game that ends up with the king being assassinated. Or there's a game that ends up with the the, the queen being seduced and so forth. And uh, probably, well, what... One of the two more famous saga heroes. One is Njól, I suppose, but Egil Skallagrimsson is the great Icelandic uh, anti-hero, incredibly, incredibly violent man who uh, you know shags and vomits and murders his way round round Iceland. But he's—it's he's the first reference. All the sagas are datable, so this is 911 um, uh, AD. Egil uh, is. What is he? He's, he's probably about he's six, seven, or eight years old, and he's allowed to play his first game of uh, of, of Knattspill, but he's he's not mature enough to take the game as a serious show of strength. So when he gets bested in the game by a, a teenager called Grim, he gets very upset and goes off, storms off, and gets an axe and uh, you know cuts Grim's head off. <laughs> nice. but it's um it's it's, it, it is pointed out in the saga. This that is might be a this couple is, of ICC demerit points. Yeah, yeah, this is. I mean, yeah. this is not the dumb thing. You're <laughs> supposed to show that you're stronger than your opponent till all the spectators agree who's best. The murder is not. You know, it's not supposed to be part of it. I hasten to add. So but Vikings, Vikings weren't interested in things like points. No, they're interested in who's the strongest. Points are what, you know, none of these, none of our great games used to be about points. It's the English who come along in the 19th century and codify everything so that it has rules. I mean, how very English, you know, introducing leg pies and getting rid of all the sort of bloody noses. It's very,
3: very English.
2: (laughs) So, I mean, there were some some other interesting stories. One I know, which is going to fascinate the bear, who's long held the opinion that as a left arm spinner, you could still go for less than eight and over in the IPL. Yep. yeah. You actually now <laughs> I think it was actually you under the name of Kate a. Johnson yeah. who, who somehow ended up as a mystery spinner or was it King's 11 Punjab? That's right. Yes now how did an Icelandic mystery spinner i.e you end up netting with with, with King's 11 Punjab?
0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: This was, where, this was when the Iceland cricket Twitter phenomenon happened about 2019 and mm. everything suddenly went crazy. I mean, they've got what have they got now? 128,000 followers on Twitter. This explosion of this tiny world's tiniest team with a bigger Twitter following than any team in the world other than <coughs> the 12 test-playing nations. And uh, Kings Eleven Punjab had this idea that they wanted to play. You know how much money these teams have got, right? These franchises. I mean, yes. incredibly wealthy. And they're sharing it all around the world. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they are. It's wonderful, isn't it? Their management got this idea that they wanted to play a joke on the squad for April Fool's Day. Uh, This this joke involved bringing over a mystery spinner from the world's tiniest cricketing nation. Um, And they said, will you come over and do this? And you know, be Icelandic Icelandic and get introduced to the squad. So yeah, I uh, as it happens, I am a spin bowler, and I do tend to bowl this ball called the back spinner which is a bit it's fallen out of fashion. It was very Victorians used to bowl it a lot. So I suppose you know, my action is hardly mystery, but it's you know, the ball is an unusual ball to bowl, and it's it's got you know many many wickets over the club cricket level over the years. So I went over there and. And yeah, the, I was put into the kit and brought in, and the players were told this is the new mystery spinner from Iceland. And one batter in the team called Prab Simran Singh, who now he scored his first IPL 100 in the last season, I think. Um, but at the time, he was very much the junior, and he was told, make this guy look good. So As part of I the will... joke. As part of the joke. Okay. Well... You know, on on my day, I might have been able to bowl. You know, a succession of at the very least good length balls at him. You know, but I just got off three flights to get to Chandigarh. I hadn't had any chance to warm up. So you know, my first ball to this guy is a sort of you know either I I can't remember which came first, the massive long hop or the full tops. You varied um, it.
2: It was a, you mixed it up for him.
1: Those were definitely the first two balls, um, and you know he'd been told you know don't, you know, just, you know, don't so he sort of bunted it back and took one hand off the glove just as I was about to say, well you know, give me two balls to warm up Mike Hesson, the coach, stormed over and said, oh my god, you know, we can use this <laughs> <laughs> and then, then Mujib Zadran and David Miller then come over to them there and like hang on a minute, what's, what's going on here so then comes my other rank ball and After two balls, I'd probably settled into a little rhythm of at least, you know, thoroughly untesting on a length. But by this time, Hessen's gone over to the camera crew and saying, well, this is absolutely outstanding. And as soon as Hessen's back is turned, perhaps Simran can bear it no longer. So while this interview is going on, you know, you just see this... Wiry, uh, you know, 40 year old supposed Icelandic spinner being spanked to Kingdom come by a 17 year old in the IPL net. Well, you know, Mujibs are drowning, Sam Curran's down, sort of, you know, scratching their heads, like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Let's just say it doesn't take very long for the penny to drop among the players. Yes, right, okay. But having got me there, Kings Leven Punjab thought, well, yeah, that was fun, but We've got him here now, so let's tell the Indian press that we have signed him and he is going to play against Delhi Capitals tonight, and uh, he's going to open the bowling and he's going to play in place of Murugan Ashwin. So they have me signing autographs at the Lalit Hotel and you know showing showing um, Ravi Chandran Ashwin, who's the, the captain, how to bowl the backspin. <laughs> I mean, apart from anything else, you know.
2: But well, Rami, it, it, R Ashwin was presumably in on the joke, yet, though, wasn't he? or, or was, Yes, was yes. He, he was being pulled along with everyone else. He,
1: he he was, but he was a bit more sort of distant from the joke because you know wow. he's very busy, very much in demand, and yeah. you know R Ashwin is is you know he's a very you know, he's what a thinker about the game he is all the time, you know. But I did, you know, I just showed him how to bowl this ball and he said, well, okay, I'm going to bowl it first ball in the match.
3: Fantastic.
1: And, uh, well, you know, he, he got a wicket first ball of the game with my backspinner. Nice. No way. Wow. Well, I, I, I used to add, this was his version of my backspinner. Well, well, he probably the still materials and improved on it at exactly. a tiny bit. There we go. But, um, you know, it's, apart from anything else, I, it was, you know, it's a good chapter in the book.
2: Well, hmm. it is. It is. It is. Uh, the book. I, I should remind everybody, in case you, for some strange reason, wandered into the pub halfway through. Uh, From laws to the fjords, it's the saga of Icelandic cricket. It's the extraordinary story of how Iceland cricket came to be such a phenomenon <laughs> on social media and indeed in reality. Um, but it's part history. Uh, it's very funny, but it's it's it's. It, it has. There's, a, there's that grain of historical truth that that, that that Kit's built into all of it and it is an grain? absolutely fascinating gra- there it's is a, a st- thread there is a, a rock s- a, a foundation there's a silo
1: of a silo no.
2: a foundation of
3: historical truth
1: based on the not, targets not a word of historical
2: inaccuracy no no it, the grain. Made, it talks about <laughs> uh, and uh, How that effectively was cricket, and it was played back in the ninth century. It is published by Fairfield, and you can find it at well all All good good, bookstores, um, all and probably Amazon. Indeed, so from lords to the fjords is the book to look out for. It's by our friend Kit Harris, and I can tell you, I shall be finishing reading it. And where I got to before the lovely Beverly kind of interrupted me on my train journey home is uh, (laughs) is has been rattlingly good well worth uh, the read. Um, so while we've got you, we're, we're just going to carry on and chat. Okay. Uh, tell us a little bit if, of, of what you can. Um, what are we looking out for? It's not that long until uh, the Almanac comes out in April, isn't it? So we're only a month yeah. or so away. What, 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 what can we be looking out for there?
1: Well, the, Wis- the Wisdom, Wisdom Cricketers Almanac, of which I have the um, immense joy and privilege of being the assistant editor uh, we we put it to press uh, at the end of last week and it uh, it's published on uh, Thursday the 20th of April if I'm right and saying uh, so the usual all the usual stuff is there, there are one or two bits that uh, I can trail for you we introduced uh, in two th- uh, 2023 the Wisdom Trophy for the best test performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that went, of course, to Johnny Bairstow last year for his twin centuries against India. So there's the, you know, the we have the, this extra new award, almost new award to announce. What we also did, which was well, j- just about the most fun thing we did at Wisdom Towers... Uh, over the year was we decided we wanted to we must backdate the Wisdom Trophy for all the years of test cricket and we broke it into two sections so this year we have the post-war Wisdom Trophy allocation and you've, you know that's, what a great that's a good pub pub table night long task isn't it okay right oh, 19... 1960, uh-huh. here are all the good performances, who, we, who did we give it to? That really was fun to do, so we unveil all the post-war wisdom so How many tokens.
2: years do you go back? Or every, post-war? Everything post-war, or, or well,
1: before, the, or even before the war? If you buy uh, 2023, if you haven't already, still available on the Bloomsbury okay. website, okay. Uh, you can read uh, 1877 to the war, so you've got the first set there. 1877 is it's probably there's probably no surprise there given what happened in the first testament uh, yes but uh, it's a it's, so that's a that's that's good fun to finish off that uh, that thread
2: so and then, so are oh, you saying so did Bannerman yeah, get the, yeah, your first yeah, the
1: test board, basically yeah of that course. would possibly make sense how could he not no Um and oh, okay, well, I'm sure that certain years like 1956 will not be altogether surprising in the new wisdom. But there are Laker, I guess. plenty of, uh, you know, plenty of obvious candidates, and one or two, oh, I've forgotten about that sort of surprises. Mm. And and of course, it is a it is an award that can be won by a, a men's or women's test performance. But it's
2: the performance, it's not the whole year. It's, 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 no, it's just an, 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 a one uh, test
1: match. Wow. Now, you, uh, what else have we, we got? We, well, you would expect us to have really good writing, as we do, uh, on the wonderful Ashes series that we had uh, last year. So we have Gideon Haig, of all people, on the Ashes series. So that will be a, a good read. And we have the, the tributes. I don't think it's any, any great uh, spoiler to say we have really uh, comprehensive tributes to Stuart Broad and, you know, Catherine Sipper Brunt and Anja Shrubzall who all retired in 2023 and but yeah, okay. if it happened if it happened it's in there
2: cool. and it comes out on, in April is there a date in April you
1: can give us April, a- yeah, April the 20th
2: <laughs> and April I should
1: uh, I, I should say because it's uh, if you if you're a if you're, if you're an, a, a naughty Amazon user it's not altogether obvious that there is a, a very very Smart way of getting the £60 Wisdom at half price, Uh which is uh, if you go to Wisdom's home site, you search for Wisdom Cricketers Almanac or go to wisdomalmanac.com or just to our search it through bloomsbury.com, our publisher, you can get Wisdom for half price by the simple expedient of subscribing to it, which means you get it every year and various other little perks. But you get it for thirty rather than sixty, which must be one of the better discount deals in the in the in the cricket world. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Wow. Okay. Well, we'll look out for that. Uh, now. I guess we get onto some cricket now. Don't well, we? I was about to say. <laughs> well, we've been talking cricket. We're talking Icelandic cricket and historical cricket. What have you made of the Test series so far, Kit? From
1: what you've seen, India. I'm talking in India and in England. Yeah. Here. Tremendous. Hmm. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, there have been. I think we've probably been. Wait, we've been spoiled, haven't we, by baseball Because we have. We have our expectations have been changed. Our pre-India tour expectations in recent years are. are how how. How badly are we going to lose this? Yes. <laughs> and this year, it's could baseball win it? And I think, that, you know, that with, if you take out a couple of batting collapses... Yes. We had
3: opportunities,
1: eh? And, oh. and, but I, know, I, taking the bigger picture, I'm still very grateful that we're able to talk about this series from a disappointed England fan's, fans point of view, from, you know, we, two, two batting collapses you know, away and ruining those missed opportunities. Whereas in a previous series, that would have been a luxury... Yeah. To, to, in, you know, previous look, last time round, just it was not. Oh, if only we hadn't collapsed those two times. Last time round, it was we have absolutely no answer to this guy Akshar Patel. Yeah, we barely heard of before the series, other, other than <laughs> to
2: find a couple of blokes with terrible figures in county cricket, but who at least are tall enough to, to, to
1: look a bit like him. And, uh,
2: and, uh, just, and hence we uh, got Hartley and Shaw um, Bush.
1: The, the disappointment really is, it, it, isn't it, that we've. That the thing we thought wouldn't really, you know, would be our weakness, which is the, our spin attack, has actually performed really well. And the thing we hoped that that wouldn't potentially make a difference and would, to our first-inning scores, the aggressive approach hasn't really come off. But it's been, you know, you, you, can't, you can't fault the quality of the cricket. I I haven't moaned about the pitches once. I think we've had four really good and different cricket pitches the first and fourth test matches have been good Indian cricket pitches with you know lots of spin but a good batter will get good runs as my god this this Uh, yeah what
2: a talent eh fourth he's already fourth if you look at players who highest averages in first class cricket have played over I think 100 games or 150 games he's fourth on that list no, 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 no. That's, that's, what's
1: his name? Safras. No, no. no, it's not, Gar- no, oh, no. Jaisville's second. Safras is fourth, that's right. I mean, and I think, I mean, Shubman Gill, I wasn't really ever riding on the boat of uh, questioning his place in the team. I think he's going to be absolutely class for years to come. And um, very possibly, Safras Khan um, may may. If he remains fit, because you know, he's a he's a he's a big lad, in a in a in a very fit world. But I think Saifuraz Khan could top them all. Actually, he's he's a phenomenal player.
2: Yeah, and he certainly has a huge track record of runs in the Ranji Trophy, and you know it's taken him best part of 10 years to get into the team I think yeah he was was a a bit ropey in the last test though wasn't he when the pressure was on he didn't Mm.
3: really show it so I mean he did in the test before but they were miles ahead at the point where he came into bat and then second innings they had a breeze didn't he so difficult to say I mean as you say uh, uh, it's been a bit disappointing in a lot of respects I mean there was a point where you thought actually England might win that last test until
2: and there was in the second test I think
3: yeah until Drew. What's his name? Jarrell came out. Well, English should he have, played English properly. He should have won that last test. That's but he should, should have done that. should have needed that. All they needed was 50, 60 more runs. and you think they got a bit <laughs>
2: confused in how we approached things? Or did India just ball very well? I had just this. I mean, clearly the moments we lost it, we didn't get them out quick enough. I know that's a blatantly obvious thing to say. When, when we had their foot on the throat, we didn't press home that advantage. Uh, we still had the lead of about 48 Runs, I think, yeah, um, but I just had this feeling in my water. England are going to try and put. They didn't have to score that quickly, mm. and they seemed to get a little bit confused. I mean, I mean, Johnny Bersto's shot was horrible. Anyone can play bad shots. Anyone can get themselves out, but there seemed to be just too many. You, you, you would look back on and go, "I'm not sure that was my best shot," or "I'm not sure that's what I should have played." Just no. now. and we, and we and we just gave ourselves a mountain to climb in terms of well, getting
1: them out. Because
2: well, we are, you know, we, having, we
1: having having done so well a, in the first innings, this is a this is the kind of conversation that you should be having about your team, of, of whom you have is a good team with a good captain. You have high expectations, and for good, for good reason. It's so refreshing to be able to talk about England and India in these terms about you know small moments of the game, missed opportunities in certain yeah. innings. Four years ago, this was just well. Where do we start? Yeah, well, exactly. Not even remotely. Well, I mean, we did well on 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 one on one good pitch, and we moaned about the pitches because they made batting a lottery for everyone. Joe Root took five wickets. I mean, it was just a. Where did we start? So that you know, the progress is there. Yeah, it's really, well, I just I I'm grateful really to be able I to talk to also, about this.
3: Here. I also say in that in England's second innings that. I felt the turning point actually was that really fucking cracking review by Ashwin on Root because at that point England were 70 for 2 or something or other Root had just scored yep. a ton in the first innings he was looking good in the second having not uh, been over bowled and not having yes and, and you know their appealed one it looked like it pitched outside leg might have well have been going on a hit turns out it was in line just about just about hitting leg stump but it was all reds Root had to go and I think that kind of threw things a little bit and um, a fantastic review by India. Everyone was complaining about. It. I don't know why people are complaining about DRS. Oh, it's, to be honest, well, what's there. going? What you know, it just going really annoys on. me. I mean, it's a, it's a mathematical thing. Ball tracking is and prediction. I don't think is a particularly hard thing in mathematics. It's pretty simple mathematics, really. It's, so know, if you got, I mean so got enough data, you should be able to do it. And therefore, people should just shut
1: up about it. As far as I'm concerned, it it's, is the way it is, and it's the sport. nuts. You've brought in this thing. Which I know there's, there's I'm gonna get my high horse about DRS here a bit. You've brought in this system which by any even you know basic analysis is vastly better at judging LBWs and you know lines and prediction and all this stuff. It's much more accurate than any human alternative. Um, and we're all you know, whinging people, are so many whinging about it. I mean, the Indians had a massive whinge about it in South Africa, didn't they? The year before, where Cody was yelling into the stump microphone that the entire thing was being rigged by the broadcaster. Now we've got Michael Vaughan saying there should be cameras in the DRS van. Oh, no, no, no it's is, what is going
3: on? This
1: it's is an extraordinary post truth level of paranoia. It's a very good system. The fact is, is that people have a really good moan about it when it doesn't give them exactly the decisions they want. That's what one thing that's slightly taken the edge off the Stokes captaincy in this series. Yeah, is it's gone. We're, we're supposed to be England a positive, positive, positive. He's been he's whinged a lot about a system which is, a, a, apart from anything else, completely egalitarian and fair to both yeah. sides. It takes and it gives and it disappoints and it rewards in completely equal measure. And know. And so, oh, I just yeah. umpires call bugs me a bit, but the like, you know, I'm sure it bugs you a bit, Nigel. Yeah,
2: we we we've certainly debated that at some length.
1: Yeah, it we're does. Pretty, I mean, but, with other but, guests, <laughs> you know, we've been uh, bowlers. We've been bowlers, Nigel. Our view is, if the ball is going to hit the stumps, then it's out. Yes, but, but, it's, but it's a batsman's game, and they want to keep it there. Yeah. Meanwhile, Michael Vaughan in um,
2: outrageous claim shocker to get social media clicks. Who'd have thought of it? Yeah. Extraordinary. Um, one thing that absolutely caught my eye, chaps, because you talked about spin bowling, and we have seen Hartley and uh, Shoaib Bashir, so, you know, so callow. I know uh, that's your favourite word. Um, it, it, but they've done so well. The talk about learning quickly and of course uh, Brendan McCullum has been very public he said they need to get more county cricket they need to play more but poor old Hartley is going to go back to Lancashire where they've just signed Nathan Lyon the season starts in 31 days or something um, in April it'll play in October big chunk of the summer when the big nice you know nicely sun pitches that would turn a bit are going to be used for the 100 and there won't be any county cricket. Um, Everything stacked against them. So my question to both of you is why, oh, why do players like Hartley and Bashir not get the opportunity to go and play in India, to go and play in the Shield over, over, over Christmas? At least in Australia you'll get uh, that. There, there are, if, if if you want to develop spin bowling outside of India... Players need to play regularly on pitches that will give them some assistance.
3: Well, there's not gonna be much and help you, in India there's not gonna be much help in Australia either. And plus there's only got what, seven Shield teams or whatever. Nathan it is. Lyon
2: Nathan Lyon and Shane Warne are not bad yeah, examples but, of players
3: it, Well yes, but then you look at Australia in between Nathan Lyon and Shane Warne and how many spinners did they choose who were all shit? Yeah. How many Australia, how many players are they taken out, to, you know, yeah. the Steve O'Keefe to this world and da 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 you know, I mean England, Australia South Africa don't have a lot of luck when it comes to spinners, and trying to find a good one is hard, you know. (laughs) And and trying to find one that sticks, but as you say, I mean, this is what I said. I mean, I think if you take uh, even inexperienced spinners, if they're pretty good at their craft, and you take them out to India on wickets that are helpful, and they know their game, then they will—they will excel. They're not necessarily excel, but they'll certainly look a lot better than they do in England, just by dint of the fact that the wickets are helpful. And they can sit on a length or do what they're supposed to do as a spinner to be able to create pressure and therefore get wickets, and
2: don't have to. You either engineer wickets, which is very hard to do in the you know when so much of the county season is played at the wrong time.
1: Oh wait a minute! Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! minute. That uh, now you're starting, you're starting to sound like I don't. There's a lot of similarities between the sort of county purists and the brexiters here. (laughs) It, it all just, all, <laughs> well I can assure you I'm was, not a Brexiter I might well, be then a I don't, I don't. I don't get I don't get, the, I don't get this thing you know all this County Cricket being played at the wrong time of year right or it's all it, it's played in it's played in April April and May yes it always was okay it, it always was um, even before one day cricket there was actually County Cricket in April and May and there was, there was the Championship it has got and earlier the and later
2: but generally I don't disagree with you
1: Half the championship season is played on thoroughly unsupportive pitches in April and May, which are, you know, spring pitches, and they support the seamers. This is a good thing for English cricket because it gives our batsmen a huge opportunity to excel in an environment which no one else has, apart from the New Zealanders, which is the swinging ball in fresh conditions. And that's one of the reasons why our batters, you know, are good in English conditions. That's what April and May are for. Now, this season, is by the end of the April-May window, exactly half the county championship games will have been played. When they break for the blast, every single county is, is on seven games. So then they come back and the second half of the season is, you know, Nigel and I know this. You get to July and you think, right, my turn. And the pitches should be conducive to spin. For those second seven games. they you the have
2: to stop for it for August, which is probably that's, where my thing sits.
1: Yeah, but they, they, they come back and they got four games in September. The pitches are still the same. But, you know They're worn pitches. Spins got nothing to do with the weather. Spins got to do with the ground. And the pitches need to have been played on a sufficient number of times to break up. Mm-hmm. Or if you're Somerset and Essex, you know, you've put your fork in the correct part of the pitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, going back to
2: 2017, Pro-
1: yes. The problem is, is that whereas a generation or more ago, up until the 90s, it, the attitude is what the English cricket authorities regard as the correct fourth innings pitch. Now it used to be that the English cricket authorities felt that a pitch should be at its best on days two and three. Seem on the first day, obviously, all the bulk of the runs going down on two and three and then on day four or at the end of day three as it used to be before the 90s obviously that's when the pitch would break up and you ideally have two spinners who bowl you know 25 30 overs each and it would be really tough to score so you won the game in the second and third innings now the idea of english cricket authorities across the board is that a fourth day pitch sets up a really interesting big fourth innings chase on a flat pitch on the last day, and if someone set 400 in 96 overs on the last day, they've got a really good chance of doing it. So the focus has gone from spin bowling to run chasing on the fourth day, and you get teams that get penalised. Now, you take there's no reason at all, none at all, why, why Bashir and Hartley shouldn't play. The back end seven games at Lancashire and Somerset. You, you break it up. Both teams have got a wicketkeeper who can bat in the top six. Both teams have got a little medium pacer in the top six who can bowl some extra overs. So they can both play in the back end of the season. Three proper seam bowlers, two spinners batting from seven to 11, the wicketkeeper at six, and they've got a bit of backup seam if they need it. They even complement each other. Bashir Bash breaks the ball back into the right-hander. It's well, yeah, the opposite. An off-spinner op- an op- and a left-armer, haven't you? Mm. So, it so works it perfectly. It does work beautifully together. If, if, if we decided, which we could decide, that the fourth day was about bringing spin into the game, you wouldn't have this, oh, well, only one spinner can play. Well, of course they're not going to play in April and May, but you know that was never really the case. Except, you know, my uncovered pitches maybe. But there's no reason we can't solve this problem top-down. And then no, we I, have all well, That's, all, that's we, the
2: only reason I was trying to get, get us to talk to, 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 to think about is how do you solve it? And the other way, I somehow. And I appreciate you know the global game and uh, the, the the opportunities that, that that creates in all kinds of different formats in different countries. But um, surely there is more way. We we have uh, Indian cricketers frequently playing in the county championship. We've had them at Middlesex, fantastic ones too. I might point out. I mean, I look at Pajara at Sussex, who, who absolutely loves it there. Um, but it doesn't seem to cut the other way. And the opportunity for a, a Hartley or a Bashir to play more regular cricket, when you look at how the Ranji Trophy is such a breeding ground for successful Indian spinners, the more the game becomes India will play England, play Australia. And it is kind of focusing it a little bit there. You, the, the, those There should be opportunities, but... English players to play more cricket on subcontinental turning pitches at a at a
1: club. Tony, I'm i not. Level. I think your your point your point's a good one about overseas. You know, we don't send a lot of overseas players elsewhere. I'm not sure Ranji in India is the answer. Hmm. I mean, apart from the fact that the BCCI wouldn't want states leaving out one of their spinners to accommodate one yeah. of them. Also, well, remember are. that a lot of Ranji Trophy pitches. Are flat as hell because you can win on first innings. So you've got so so many Ranji games are decided as first on first innings where one team scores seven hundred and the other team scores so There was six.
2: a two hundred and fifty odd run partnership at numbers nine and you know ten and right yeah.
1: But it's it, it um, maybe you saw this well, on, on um, <laughs> maybe you saw this on X yesterday that uh, that other um, podcasting group. Caribbean cricket podcast. Yeah. We know them very well. We know they know, what, know They know what they're doing. The gorilla about. alumni. Uh, they they, suggest, uh, they tweeted yesterday that uh, there could be a, a sort of <laughs> a, you know kind of player swap thing in the West Indies Championship, where the English send a spinner over because you know West Indian pitchers are increasingly becoming responsive yeah. to spin, and they don't have a lot of spin. Like Guyana may be an exception, but they're not flush with spinners over there and then they send their promising young quicks over in a sort of reciprocal deal
2: I, I think it's a fantastic it's a wonderful idea I would love to see infinitely more of that to and, and actually believe it or not you know as much as it was derided for some some in some quarters for some good reasons the famous high performance review had one of its key recommendations was engineer ways that players can get. More experience to play m- more cricket in different
3: environments.
2: Environment, but but uh, but, 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 and,
1: but and it's a fantastic idea. The, the, uh, still, oh, the the Caribbean cricket podcast idea is a great idea. It is, but still, the 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 best way to deal with that is to have the different environments within the county championship. It's all very well sending the Bashiers and Hartleys. And the Rehan Ahmed's off to, to play in the West Indies Championship, if that could possibly happen. But we still want our batters, don't we? In August and September, facing spin from both ends. We do, absolutely. On a good, on a good you know, not, not a Not August, sadly. There's a championship game in August this year. One, yes. Yeah. Okay. But, you, you know, on a good, quick turn. Because, of course, our, mm. bats, our batters have got to get... Used to it as, it as, as it too. So that's my yeah. high horse about that.
2: I, I actually Fair don't enough. think we're, I don't disagree. we're saying. Right, last couple of things because it is going to be drinking up time. Uh, Ollie Robinson, what do we think? Well, Baz, Baz <laughs> protected him, didn't he? And said he tweaked
3: his bat when he was batting. <laughs> Quite was a his. very qualified protection in the way I read it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree, I agree, I agree. And it's bloody disappointing because I thought it would be a lot better than that. But I mean, you know... Bowling at mid-70s is not what you want out of your second seamer only in a game. I mean, he's, he's bowling with Jimmy, who's 40-fucking-1, and he was still managing sort of low 80s, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Ollie Robinson at six foot whatever, and a high release point, releasing it at 75 miles. And apparently he was clocked in the late 60s
2: in, at one point. That's just like, that's just not good enough. There's also kit there, isn't there, that whisper of... Uh off-field <laughs> acting antics that are or not even antics but I don't know he's doing some podcast or other yeah, with his, but his social missus. influencer girlfriend and, uh, he's, but saying things that the management wouldn't be that happy about there, there just seems to be a constant air of something going on around him that is kind of frustrating when you know what a talent he has
1: I see I uh, having pontificated for five minutes non-stop on spinning pitches yeah. Robinson do you know I just don't it is a mystery to me. I mean, that kind of character can be harnessed. Remember Swan's video diaries from the 2010, yes. 11 Ashes? Yes, yes, yes. He was, he was, you know, really enjoying himself in a total non crickety way off the field. But, you know, that, that was, was always know, the
2: he, case on tours.
1: But that was harnessed and, you know, he, you know, great bowler, always put in his 100%. Um, with Robinson, I, I just don't know. But, um, he's got to watch his back so to speak
2: yeah, yeah I, I kind of go along with that
1: you see um, um Matt Potts on the Lions tour hmm. where after a good start England were you know properly shafted in the second and third first class games but Potts took successive sixfers and uh, ended up I think taking 20 wickets at about 16 17 in India yeah so there's it a is. you know there's a man knocking on the door
2: yeah. I mean,
3: we did quite, have quite a lot of pots as well. He is a tryer, and he does put the effort in. He's not quite quick enough again, but you know, his English English paces never extreme paces. It generally, apart from Wood, but wood have been pretty ineffective. The Problem with Wood is he doesn't do anything with the ball except to bowl it really
2: quick. Mm. Can, he, can he get a bit of swing? But well, he
3: gets a bit of reverse, when it reverses,
2: but it, you know, if it's not reversing, he doesn't seam it and he doesn't swing it early up. He's so i got one one, one last great, question great. just on the Ollie subject just because it, for both of you and it's kind of a yes no answer in a way um, hasn't played hadn't played since July yes injury disappointing curtailed his ashes um, would you have taken him on the warm up in Abu Dhabi or would you have put him into that Lions team to get some cricket under his belt before asking him to perform in key series test cricket
3: uh, I'd have I mean, taken him on the tour anyway because. You'd have you taken know. him to Abu Dhabi. Well, no, yeah, 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 because you know you yeah. look at his record and his record's an average of twenty-two and seventy odd wickets. You know, you. you I, I'm
2: not you, saying. You and he has proved he has
3: proved it. Previously, and I did think he'd
2: be reasonably effective oh. in India, and just proved that. It, it, the question was whether he is. should have gone to Abu Dhabi or whether he should have gone and played. Nah, in the nah, Lions you games. know, and I would I, have put him in the Lions warm-up games. Uh, Get some cricket under his belt, possibly, possibly, but. What about, what about you Kit where would you stand on that
1: one well, he could have played he could have played the. it was a was it, two day Lions warm up game and one first class Lions game of the three before the test series um, yes I mean, England don't seem England seem to want to have players who can just switch it on Darren Goff style yes. and then much less interested in bowlers who need to bowl every week and Caddick style <laughs> and perhaps Robinson is one of those and he can only get up to pace by playing you know two out of every three weeks but it was clear wasn't it with that Lions side that um, that it wasn't a it wasn't a backup side for the team in India you know Jennings scores a, a hundred uh, Bohannon scores a hundred and then Brooke goes home and Dan Lawrence flies into India over the heads of the Lions so that was you know that made it clear that this is a you know this is a development team this is not this is yeah. not a standby team. I agree. So, yeah,
2: that, that just struck me as a one off, though. The Ollie Robinson was a, a weird situation. If you haven't been fit enough to do anything since July, then surely you take that opportunity. But presumably, it was an opportunity missed. Presumably he was asked. I don't know. Can't answer. No, you, no, um, you,
1: you would think that. You know. would
2: like to think. Um, anyway, look, we're out of time. We, we've rung the last orders bell. We're going to have to send people home. Uh, so we'll, we'll save um, New Zealand rather caving sadly against Australia no to, uh, to uh, next time um, a reminder before we say goodbye to Kate, uh, the book from Lords to the Fjords the saga of Icelandic cricket which we've been chatting about for a lot at the time on this podcast uh, published by Fairfield available from all good bookstores rattling good read and uh, we would thoroughly recommend it um, to get on down and, and, and get that for yourself, Kit. Thank you very much for.
1: Uh, yeah, good to see you, lunch. my man. Thank you very much. It's it so nice catching up. Indeed, it was.
2: We enjoyed it. And uh, what well, episode sixty-nine bear.
1: 69,
2: sixty-nine. Sixty-nine.
3: Sixty-nine, mate. By the end of the year, we'll be over hundred. Woo! <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> we'll get a ton. We won't. We'll probably one of us will fall over on ninety-three. Wow! Well, because yeah. we're English. Well, there we go. We'll run each other out. Um, we will see you next time the Bishop of Bear thank you all for your company thank you Kip, for your company see you next time
3: bye and don't forget you can patron us at patreon.com slash gorilla cricket if you really like us
2: because that's always helpful Gorilla Cricket Revolutionary Cricket Commentary Sports
3: Social Podcast Network